0: Welcome to a podcast series by Leaders Edge called Falling Into It. This is a podcast where young professionals share their stories and thoughts on the insurance industry as they continue to grow their careers. My name is Zach Yule, and I am a content and marketing associate here at the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers and a contributing writer to Leaders Edge magazine. In this episode of Falling Into It, we meet Ben Peach, a 26-year-old associate director of digital assets at Aon, a graduate from University of Birmingham in England, Peach studied international relations, political science, and political economy. Ben shares his passion for cryptocurrency and blockchain technologies and how that led him to working in the insurance industry. Let's give it a listen. Ben, thank you for joining me today. Back. It's, uh, it's great to be with you once again. So my first question, as I understand it, you worked as a crime analyst, um... Undergraduate lead at West Midlands Police in Birmingham, United Kingdom. Uh, did that experience have any impacts on your future career in the insurance uh, or interest in in uh, in um, in crypto?
1: Well, funny, I guess
0: not so much
1: to begin with, in all honesty. So, whilst you're at your third in your third year at British universities. Um, as part of like 20 credits out of 120 credits throughout um throughout the year uh, you can actually uh, opt in to do work experience or professional placement um whilst you're still at college um so uh, because i was studying economics uh, politics you know public affairs i was kind of more driven down to the, uh, you know, the public administration's, um, you know, working in the government or on some sort of public sector force. And um, at the time, they had a very interesting project called Sport England, which was an initiative to uh, encourage uh, children uh, and the youth of Birmingham to, you know, get round and start playing sports at after school clubs, getting engaged in physical activity, and even have existing police officers helping them out with um, you know, with, with bonding with other kids and, and also for the kids to get to know the, the community officers that were policing their neighborhoods. Um, so really it was an analysis of how successful that project has been in reducing knife crime, in reducing violent crime across the county. And, you know, should there be more money um, spent into this into the scheme? Um, and has it been a success across, you know, the, the schools and the after, after school clubs and what have you? So really it was an examination of social policy Uh, from a local government level which you know I was kind of already interested in these kind of things anyway during my degree so it was a great uh, I guess initial um, yeah it was in it was the first encounter I had on how to analyze data how to analyze trends um, you know and and gaining data sources from from different levels so it was a great experience for me um, but, but not really had I discovered crypto at this specific point. It was uh, a couple of months later when I managed to go to the US.
0: Did your university, um, did it talk at all about any of the um, opportunities when it comes to uh, working in the insurance industry or or was was it not really brought up at all? minimal uh, to be okay. honest with you i yeah. think
1: it was well if i looked at my course it was a lot to do with you know how do you get into economics uh, how do you get into your business how do you get into politics and government affairs and it was more an overarching sector where i think sometimes insurance doesn't quite fit into business or not necessarily into finance but it is its own industry and you know sure hey, it's it's often overlooked and i almost feel there is a perception of graduates um, that insurance might not be the most exciting or, or interesting decision um, but you know until you actually come into the industry and look at what insurtechs are doing look at how you know innovative capital financing is is being conducted now and in, in covid times is there is so much more to the story um, but, you know, I, I almost feel like everyone just refers to their classic motor insurance or their pet insurance. And it's it's almost just a nag or a hassle or a regulatory requirement for them to uh, to be purchasing or investigating insurance coverages. So, um, you know, I think there then almost needs to be a distinction between, you know, different lines of insurance and also the kind of the new exciting stuff that, um, you know, insuretechs are looking at. So I, none of that was really conveyed to us at uni nor was opportunities within the digital asset cryptocurrency industry i mean i i graduated in 2016 where working in crypto was still relatively niche even when i joined the industry in 2017 it was pretty unheard of and seen by my parents as very risky (laughs) um yeah it's it, it sure sure is interesting how um only now actually my university reached out to me to do a fintech careers fair Looking at digital assets as a career choice, looking at working with crypto. So only now um, can I evidence at least my old institution where I studied is actually taking an interesting look at us and Im- inviting um, you know al- alumni from the from the sector to to come speak with grads.
0: I guess I'm interested. Uh, have your parents' view of you working in crypto changed at all since you first got into it, or is it still kind of the same? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Zach, I I'll tell you this. So yes. I, I remember having my first conversation with my parents when I took uh, my job, my first job at Token Market. Um, and uh, you probably <laughs> this might sound quite crazy, but my contract was derived in Ethereum. So, um, so okay, it was, so <laughs> there was I was a dollar a nominal dollar amount on my contract. Um, uh-huh. But obviously, with the ever-changing, uh, fluctuating market price of Ethereum, it's like it can you, you can really see the upside, having like a 3x on your salary. But you can uh-huh. also see like the downside, especially through 2018, when we had like the severe bull market. Um, you know, it, it could, be pretty, could be pretty mean as well. And there was a, there's an actually a, a, a moment in time when I was traveling Eastern Europe uh, where I didn't really have a great Internet connection um and all my assets were basically being stored in Kraken at the time <laughs> um, uh-huh. you know I needed to pay for some Airbnb accommodation but because I didn't have internet I can actually execute the trade order to get in some fiat so that's just an example of my earlier years is that um, how difficult it was sometimes just basically carrying um ethereum in your bank account <laughs> instead of uh other fiat currencies
0: so let's double down into crypto. Um, how did you first get involved in cryptocurrency and digital asset uh, and the digital assets insurance fields? Uh, you said you first learned about crypto or you first became interested uh, in the U.S. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> well, I entered a competition um, in in my university and it was almost like, a, you know, go to go to Harvard, join the Model United Nations uh you know, courses and um, what what have you. But then also, you know, I had friends out there um, from music school or from just from, you know, from uh, my own university studying out there. So I spent a bit of a prolonged time out there, like quite a few months. And part of that, you know, um, in Boston, I heard some very interesting lectures um, in Harvard around the, you know, what's going to impact our economic security, what is the future of money. Now, at this time, it wasn't necessarily just looking at Bitcoin or Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, but it was just, you know, exploring open finance, open banking, you know, um, you know, art as, a, as the new asset for hedge funds, et cetera. So it was really, it was really wise, but what really stuck with me and what was interesting is when we did focus on Bitcoin and the idea of you actually holding your own assets and being in charge of your own money, and there's no government or regulator that at any time could take that away from you, you know, you hold your own Bitcoin, that is your own digital data in your digital vault. And even if, um, you know, the, the banks collapsed in England, you know, I'd still be able to physically access and trade and send my Bitcoin as and where I want. And, you know, there's, there's nothing really anyone can do about it. And I thought that just that notion and, you know, of how how Bitcoin is completely shaped how we view money. From an iou note to actually holding something um, you are the bearer of this asset i think that's uh, super interesting so that's what kind of got me down the wormhole mm-hmm. um and you know i was kind of dabbling in and out of university with some bitcoin and ethereum investments um and then as soon as i saw a job opening in cambridge um you know to join token market um you know to to, to get involved in their commercials and you know really be trained up from not knowing too much, being an avid fan to being um, a well-versed commercial operator in the space over over those two and a half years was, you know, something that I'm I'm ever grateful for. Um, and you know, at the time, uh, it was it wasn't the normal career choice when I looked at my other friends who either joined law firms or went into mm-hmm. investment banking or. Into uh, the big four accountancy practices, I was always like, "Oh God, you know." I've, I think, I, I think, I think I should maybe be careful and reassess my options at, at times. But you know, I, I stuck through it, and I've, I've had the best of times. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just been a bit of a roller coaster, but an enjoyable one. At that,
0: you're now an associate director at Aon. How have you been able to rise uh, to that high ranking position at your company while also still being in the first half of your professional career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I, when I first met um, some of the guys over at Aon, I was kind of in and out of Dubai at the time. Um, and, you know, at the time I was looking for new opportunities and, and really what Aon were looking for was someone not necessarily with an insurance background um, per se, but someone who could come in learn the insurance but had an underlying knowledge of blockchain technology crypto assets and tokenized securities who could almost lobby the market right lobby the insurance market to to try and ensure newer pieces of technology that they've been hesitant before do you know thought leadership sessions um, training sessions um, you know re- really get stuck into to understanding where capital is coming from, and and you know how how we can attract it to our wording and to to the clients that we have at Aon. So really, I think that was the the position that that I was just coming in anyway, and what they were advertising for at the time. Um, and you know when I joined Aon quickly dived into insurance law or compliance just the wording of policies uh you know what's an insurable loss what's an insurable event um Mm -hmm. and really went through the whole dynamics of creating a policy form um and then the great thing is i i'm you know mostly work with u.s companies some canadian european asian so i've got a real mix of you know uh, what are the regulatory requirements that we need to adhere to what are the local laws about crypto and what we can and can't ensure so it really gave me a great understanding of the complexity of like you know placing risks globally right mm-hmm. so um yeah i i mean i did come into it blind to be honest i had no idea what to expect but you know the the training is very good um and my mentor who's kind of guided me through the breaking process peter greaves you know um has yeah has been great and you know he's he's really helped me um to to yeah get comfy with the product so i think really where my value add is um from a plc's perspective is is just the underlying knowledge and now the insurance knowledge i've accrued, and how we can merge those two together to you know develop market leading strategies for our clients right and i think that's i think it's always harder uh to learn crypto to learn dlt um and, uh, and go down that rabbit hole then to, to to pick up the insurance that you need um so I, you know i think that's unfortunately um, fortunately that's that's kind of worked out for me how has the pandemic changed your client relationships it's it's been challenging at times to be honest because i think from previous experience it's always great having face-to-face contact with clients um because a lot can be said through those interactions that can be missed out on calls that may be quite important actually for, you know, for business decisions moving forward, Um, you know, it's, it's also made me a little bit more flexible as in, because I'm servicing Singapore to San Francisco and being right in the middle of the two of them, it's made me, you know, be able to have a few hours off in the morning, a few hours off in the afternoon, but potentially seeing quite late finishes. So it's, but then then again, that's always a skill. How are you balancing your time and your day? You know, who are you seeing um, in person and, you know, Try not to clog up your calendar too much and give your, yourself time to breathe. So, uh, in that respect, that's a whole new skill that I've had to learn. Um, but I, I mean, overall, I think you know our client relations are really good. But I can't wait for them to get better when we can start meeting them at conferences and um, you know traveling abroad to meet them on client sites for for longer periods of time. Um, and I think you know. London's literally just opened up at the moment as, as we're speaking now uh, where all restrictions have pretty much been removed now so um, you know we're, we're starting to see uh, clients from all across the world booking trips to London uh, to come and meet us at Lloyd's or you know at Aon um, you know for that face-to-face interaction which is brilliant so um, you know it's it's been challenging at times but I I you know I think we're just coming out of the other side of it now which is,
0: which is great. So there are so many new, exciting, and confusing terms uh, that have been making headway uh, in the blockchain crypto worlds: uh, NFTs, DeFi, which stands for uh, decentralized finance, and Web uh, three, um, to name a few. What excites you the most, and why? NFTs, DeFi, DAOs,
1: cryptocurrencies—they all—they all merge into one thing, really. When you're looking at a the truest decentralized application of all of those different types of asset classes is you're looking at web three, web three integration, right? Um, so when we look at what what is web three, we've got web one, which is essentially um, back in the day when they managed to host a single HTML file on, on a web browser, just showing data, just showing information on your computer screen, that's all that you could see when you interacted and clicked um, on a web page. Um, then you had web two, which um, you know the likes of Amazon have done really well out of, Facebook have done really well out of. When you are essentially hosting media there's interactions there's messaging there are there are actions that you can facilitate you know uh, financial banking for example getting a loan out on your on your mortgage so there's so many different ways that you can use the internet now and you know through you know also through like video calls right so so that mm-hmm. essentially is 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 web is web 2 now the difference that web 3 and and is, we
0: and we are currently in web 2 technically is that correct
1: Yes, yeah, uh, yes, we are. I mean, <laughs> when, we're, when we're looking at like the full deployment, yeah, we still use Google. We still use Facebook. We still use Amazon. If I'm, a, if I'm a company and I am uh, wanting to advertise online, I'm still going to use Google. I'm still going to use Facebooks, and Facebook is still going to get ad revenue from me by by advertising on a web page, right? Um, and you know, it's really, really hard not to use Google, Yahoo, Facebook, um now I call them Meta, sorry, um mm-hmm. for 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 advertising. And it's just a great, it's a great example of that where the whole idea for web three is that we won't have to rely on aws we won't have to rely on meta and google to find the information we want online it'll actually be fully decentralized and what i mean by that is that the operators the nodes the, pa- the you know, what powers the network will be you know from our own computers from our own phones from you know from from other electronical appliances that you might have through the internet of things uh, and it's the idea that you know if Um, an Amazon server farm set on fire that it wouldn't wipe out three quarters of the world's internet uh, in a a few minutes. So it's the idea that when we are searching for what we're going to buy dad uh, for Christmas, it means we're not gonna be consistently targeted on other different social medias or through other web pages as to what our what our purchase history is. And it's the whole idea behind Web3 is more in fi- financial empowerment to, to yourself and to the everyday man, but it also it's setting a new fairer ground for smaller companies or companies that don't even exist yet to create a commerce and a new store of wealth and also just a new economy Without having the big tech giants taking the cream off that pie, if that would make sense. So it's it's very very similar to almost the ethos and the, and what crypto is all about. It's 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 about owning what you own and and you having full control over who can make money off what the assets that you have. Right. So um, yeah, it's it's. It, I think you know it's going to encompass NFTs. It's going to encompass DeFi. You know, why are people going to bank um, with Santander, with HSBC, when they're receiving 0.001% interest increases on, on, on the cash they hold with them when they can get 8% in their Nexo account, for example, or whatever the, the yield is for, for DeFi at the moment? So, so yeah, I, I just wanted to almost comment on, you know, I, I do believe this is, this is going to be the single most important move. But it will encompass NFTs, it will encompass DeFi and crypto assets, and they will all converge and meet and have more value in Web3 than they even currently do now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that that for me is what I'm super interested in, not just from a, an insurance perspective, but also from my own kind of perso- personal political beliefs.
0: Sure. Now, just to, for our viewers, um, when it comes to Web3, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, A lot of it relies on blockchain technology. So uh, people shopping or going online instead of going to Google and then search, like having Google basically give you three different options of like places to find a specific um, like brand or something like that or something that you're looking for. Web three, as I understand it, is more of an enclosed private Internet idea where you would uh, be able to go on on a website. Uh, you would have access uh, through it through the blockchain and through um, a token, if you will. Am I am I correct with that? Or
1: yeah, no, you, you are you are correct. It's just um, you know like what type of blockchains would be using. You know, um, there's a lot of technology out there like Polygon, like Binance Smart Chain, in the DeFi space that are making different blockchains communicate with each other and you know and processing data through, through different blockchains is now is now useful. But yeah, essentially, you're looking at tokens being the main form of cash, or like, you know, how you will pay for a service. Mm-hmm. And what you will also see in Web3 is the demise or the reduction of intermediaries. So if i have playing for like a couple of plane fights to come to Florida, for example, on a credit card, when I go onto British Airways and I type in um you know yeah, i want to buy two tickets then that will go through a merchant and it will go through another bank and it will then get passed on somewhere else and then a little note will come to my bank to say that i need to settle my credit line and it goes through so many different intermediaries who will take a little bit off take a little bit of that a bit of leverage on that on that credit position and that's adding to the entire ecosystem of bad debt that now institutions are peddling you know ac- across the board and you know that's know some of the issues that we've seen with the latest financial crashes okay so i think i think the whole idea of web 3 is we're going to eliminate the need for credit per se we're going to eliminate the need for for having very expensive intermediaries on everything we do and everything we purchase Um, you know so consumers will save money And, 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 and also the vendors and also the merchants will, will inevitably uh, save money too. Um, And and it will just be really bringing it to a proper consumer to, um, bringing there to a consumer market um, rather than what we have now. So I think for me, that's, that's pretty interesting. um, Because what's going to happen to all the existing companies that stand in the middle, you know, they're going to have to completely reshift their, um, you know, their business, you know, how, how do we still remain relevant here? Um, so I think, yeah, just all of these questions is very interesting and it's almost going to shift the entire internet on its head, especially mm-hmm. as we know it, right? And I think that's that's something that we've never seen before and we don't know how that will pan out.
0: Definitely. Thank you for that clarification. Now let's switch back to personal. Do you have any uh, next? Is there a next big step uh, that you're looking forward to in your career, or like a goal that you're working towards? I mean, yeah, I think I'm. I'm
1: really enjoying the insurance industry at the moment. I think there's um, because it's such a reactive industry rather than a proactive industry. Um, there's a lot of scope for innovation, a lot of scope for building up new products, and especially because I'm a crypto person myself, um, you know, I really want to push forward the narrative of insurance companies. Um, getting more familiar and comfortable with putting up risk capital to insure these yeah, these type of companies, maybe even adopting crypto on their own balance sheet, and having some actual risk exposure, um, you know, to digital assets, understanding them a bit better. So mm-hmm. I almost feel that's my mission uh, in itself is to just to provide insurance markets um, and some, you know, uh, the the notion that actually not all digital assets are bad. Um, and here's how you can adopt them. Here's how you can build products on them. And here's how you can, you know, generate yield and, and profit off of them. And, um, and, and maybe look how to digitize insurance contracts, right? Can we use smart contracts? Can we use blockchain, uh, blockchain technology to guess whether there's a claim or, or, or understand where, you know, loss events occur um, where currently our actuaries and our analysts can't. So I think that's the agenda I want to push and, you know, I'll take it as high as I can and <laughs> hopefully rise the ranks as soon as, as fast as I can. Um, but yeah, probably remaining an A, an a for, for the foreseeable for
0: sure. Sure. Definitely. Well, uh, Ben, you, you definitely have your plate full. Um, I can say that for sure. Um, well, I, thank you for uh, taking some time to talk with me today. That's not a problem. A, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Falling Into It. Please listen to more of our podcasts and content at leadersedge.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. Till next time, I'm Zach Yule. Have a good one.